Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Radio Show. I'm so excited to have our guests on tonight, which is going to be Joe and Crystal Catano of Area Studios, and they will be coming on in a moment. Uh, it's going to be an amazing show tonight. We're going to talk about the music industry, what it's like to launch your own recording studio, uh, their backgrounds, what it's like to work together uh, as a team since they have been together for a really long time, and we'll just get into a whole bunch of stuff with them tonight. So it's going to be a great show, as well as, well as of course, promote their studios. And everyone needs to check out Area Studios. Go to areastudios.com, and that is spelled A-A-R-I-U-S, studios.com. Okay, so if you are tuning into my show for the first time tonight, I always like to do a brief introduction for any new guests that we have on the show. And I started my show approximately, I can't believe it's going to be a year actually, the end of this March. Um, I started it last March, the end of last March, with... The concept of creating a forum to bring people on in the entertainment industry, it could be comedians, musicians, um, entrepreneurs, authors, uh, filmmakers, anyone out there just doing something creative who's working really hard trying to get their name and their product out there. So that was the concept of starting the show. A little bit of my background, I'm a clinical psychologist. That's when I, I had my doctorate degree in. And uh, one of the things I really enjoy pe- doing with people um, in my field, I really enjoy, and sorry, it's been a long day. I really enjoy interviewing people, coupled with the fact that I have a background in the entertainment industry. Again, not nearly as long as Joe and Crystal do, and they are going to educate us tonight about a bunch of stuff. But uh, I've really learned a lot along the way. Um, I have an album out as a singer-songwriter, and if anyone's interested, it is under Carrie Edelman. You can search me on iTunes or any of the major digital sites. I also do some writing for some magazines as a contributing writer where I talk a lot about psychology and marketing and advertising in the entertainment industry. Um, that's another thing that I just love combining is my psychology background with how people can promote themselves as well as uh, launching this radio show, which I currently have. So tonight you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. You're going to learn a lot about them. A couple of things I just kindly request that people keep in mind is that although I'm a psychologist, and I'm sure Crystal and Joe have tons of music stories where they can uh, they can pick my brain, I do kindly um, just request that people don't look at this show as a show that's providing any type of formal therapy or treatment. Um, I'm more than open to discussing psychological terms, topics in a more of a broad format, but the show isn't meant to, you know, personalize to any specific person or provide therapy. Uh, secondly, too, I do want my guests to feel open to talk about whatever they'd like, but one of the things that I also just kindly request is that people, um, if you're going to talk about specific situations, organizations, uh, persons, and involve them in stories just to keep it anonymous. Don't use any specific names. Um, I want the show to be entertaining, but it's not meant to personally embarrass or humiliate anyone. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. 
and I have some information up about Area Studios in the chat room, as well as the call-in number. If anyone wants to call in to ask questions, it's 805-243-1320. And tonight we're also going to check out a song that was recorded at Area Studios uh, by a band uh, titled Makara, and we will be playing that later in the show, and it is a tribute actually to 9-11. So Crystal and Joe will also fill us in on the uh, meaning and uh, of that song. Okay, so let me tell you a little bit about Area Studios, and then we will bring Crystal and Joe on. So many people want to know why Area Studios. So for years, Crystal and Joe Catano nurtured a dream of creating a state-of-the-art music studio. They personally recognized the need for a place where dedicated musicians could hone their craft in a professional atmosphere, as well as a place that was aesthetically pleasing to the senses. So their vision became a reality when they uh, put together and created Area Studios. And this is an amazing studio. If you go online and check it out, I mean, it is just top-notch. It's beautiful uh, presentation-wise, top-of-the-art equipment, and they have amazing people working for the studio in terms of engineering, producing, et cetera. It's um, very affordable in terms of the rates. They have a full multi-tracking recording uh, capabilities there, as well as top-of-the-line equipment. It's also a rehearsal studio, so if anyone is in the central Jersey or tri-state area, they have rehearsal rooms for bands as well as, of course, um, recording capabilities. And Crystal and Joe broke out of the mold of the rundown music studio in record time and primarily through word of mouth, which I think is just fascinating and interesting at the same time. I I think just in this day and age, it's so important to just network and, and hook up with the right people. They were able to build this amazing and positive reputation about Area Studios. And some of the musical superstars that they have attracted have included Biohazard, Black Label Society, Blondie, Corey Glover, Lizzie Borden, Mindflow, and Tantric, to name a few. Okay, so let's bring them on. Again, please visit Area Studios by going to areastudios.com. They also have a Facebook page um, if you search Area Studios, and you can follow them on Twitter at Area Studios. All right, Crystal and Joe, you are now on. Hey. Hey, Carrie. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, guys. It's a pleasure. I'm really excited about having you guys on and promoting this amazing studio that you guys have developed. So I don't even know <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with you guys. But um why don't we just start I always like to try to tell like a story. I don't want to say I'm Howard Stern, but I really like to get to know the guests and understand what your background is like. So why don't you tell us each a little bit about your background and then we'll get into, you know, when you start started to put the studio together and go that way. Okay. All right, I'll start, only because I'm the big talker in the group here. Um, <laughs> I can tell that already. When I spoke with you guys before, I was like, Joe seems like he's a little quieter. <laughs> Maybe not. Well, okay, I so just, go ahead, I always, Yeah, I bombard the conversation, so it's a fault. Um, I I have been in business as far as, like, business management and uh, consulting for other companies for many years, more years than I'll tell or else I'll give away my age. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to open my own business because I had been running so many um, other businesses that belonged to other people. So I kind of honed my my craft with that area and uh, wanted to have my own business. So the hardest part was trying to figure out, I think, for me, what kind of business I wanted to open. So okay. when, I, when I met when I met Joe, 
you know, it was one of the things where we both had this dream of, of doing something, but we weren't really sure what it was. And we we looked at opening a dog kennel. We looked at opening a Harley Davidson. It was something we really love to do, and there's a couple yeah. of things that we, we both have in common, you know. And then okay. what was the, the big driver was music and, and Joe being a musician. And I was like, oh, but, you know, I'm not a musician. I am the, the business uh, reason and voice behind our business. So I was like, well, how am I going to fit into all that? So it was it, it really everything kind of fell into place once we started putting together the business plan and, and you know, trying to figure out all the entrepreneur stuff. Yeah. Right. I mean, my beginnings right. with all this stuff, I started I started playing drums really young. That's why I'm quiet. I'm a drummer. I'm not a guitar player or a singer. So I'm like, okay. I don't have to be in the spotlight all the time. So, <laughs> so um, uh, But I, I was playing drums at a really young age. I mean, I started taking drums originally when I was six years old. My, my uncle was a, a big band drummer, and he had his own band. And um, pretty much my whole family at one point played drums and guitar. So it was inevitable that I was going to get into this business. And... Um, as I was growing up, I, I, w- I was in drum corps and I played drums in the high school band. You know, I was a band geek and stuff like that. But, you know, the first time I heard Kiss, that kind of changed my my direction. And I started okay. getting into more of the heavy stuff. And I uh, started playing, you know, I guess my first band was when I was 12 years old. You know, playing in the backyard for your friends and stuff and putting on Kiss concerts. With, everybody used to do that, like put the radio on and they would like, air guitar and air drums to Kiss Records, but we actually learned the, the songs when we were 12, and we actually put on a wow. Kiss concert when we, were, when we were really young. So it, you know, just snowballed from there. And as I got older, you know, I, I met more experienced musicians, and this is this was pretty much, you know, going through high school and college, it was pretty much this is what I wanted to do. So um, I had the opportunity to play some, with some really, really good musicians. And at, at one point, um, when we started recording, I kind of like wanted to get the, the concept of making sure my drums sounded good in, on every recording that I did. So I, I re- enrolled in um, an audio school in the city, Institute of Audio Research, which gave me the background for, for engineering. But I didn't go for engineering. I actually just went there to make sure my drums sounded good. And I had okay. Before I actually graduated, I had the opportunity to go on the road a little bit. So that kind of, you know, that was my, my my priority was to be a musician, not an engineer at the time. But through all the years of playing in bands and recording, I was always in studios. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool, and I have a knowledge of it already. And the cool thing was that when you intern in a studio, you're not allowed to ask really questions. You're kind of there to get coffee and be the gopher. But when you're a right, musician right. and you're getting the information, you, you can kind of pick an engineer's brain a little bit more because you're paying now. So I was getting right. more hands-on information by being a musician than I would have ever gotten as an intern in a studio. So between the background of going to school for audio engineering and being in a band and talking to all these engineers, I had I think in I think that was the best learning experience. So I was able to push myself to learn more about audio. So when we had an opportunity, when me and Crystal were you know talking about businesses, like we said, we we looked at dog kennels because we're big, huge animal lovers, and yeah, and I, I really have... not to digress, guys, but I definitely want to get into that later because I know you guys do a lot of you know promotions and events and charity things for animals, and I'm a huge animal lover too, so we're definitely going to touch on that later too. So I'm sorry, go on. You were looking yeah. to do maybe a dog kennel or something. 
Right, so we were looking at that because, I mean, what, what cool thing than have a bunch of dogs running around all day long, you know, and, and being, yep. being around them all the time. But that was that was a little... Um, that was tough. That was tough. Yeah, because it's, it's all the ones that we were kind of looking at, you know, from, again, a business perspective, it was really hard for those businesses to show any kind of uh, books that made it very enticing yeah. whatsoever. So, so, so that one was kind of like more of a passion than a reality because we did, you know, have right. a mortgage and we needed to pay bills. Right. So the next we looked at was actually opening up a Harley dealership in the area. But that's because that's how we met. That's how we met. Yeah. Joe oh. was working at a And Harley. I want to, yeah, tell us a little bit while you're talking about your interest in opening up the Harley because I was going to ask you guys, like, you know, how did you guys meet? I think that would be really interesting for the audience to know. Well, I was working at, at the Ocean County Harley dealership out in uh, Lakewood, and okay. Crystal came in to buy a motorcycle. And, I actually uh, bought two. She bought day. two, and, she, and I was in the parts <laughs> department, and she came in with a book with uh, all these dog-eared pages. Like, I want to put this on my bike, and I want to put this on my bike, and I was kind of trying to talk her out of it because no bike should have that much chrome. I'm telling you, I am. I'm one of those girls that um, I'll take chrome any day over diamonds. So I say he lucked out. Yeah, and my idea is like, <laughs> nice. Very cool. So, yeah, yeah. So, so that, we that, yeah. but that was a that was a um, that was tough. You had to have a lot of resources to open up a dealership, and it was tough because at the time motorcycles were a huge thing, and mm-hmm. this area because there was a lot of. Um, Harley has a very strict rule on how many um, dealerships are in a certain area. So it was just yeah, it was a lot of obstacles even when the economy was kind of flourishing. So it was like, well, that one's going to be tough. And then, you know, I think right around the time we we're kind of like, well, what is it that you know? You're well, really we, low. <laughs> I, uh, we were actually on Sandy Hook, sitting on the beach, and I asked Joe the million dollar question: What would you do? You know, what kind of business would you like to open if you had a million dollars? And right, right. Without any any hesitation, he's like a music studio, and I was like, "So why don't you tell me a little bit about this?" So I I actually had Joe put together the first rough draft of a business plan because he was cool. so passionate about it. Yeah. So once he put the we, he put it together, then we refined it, obviously. But our business plan was <laughs> so cool. Everybody was going, "You guys should write business plans for a living." Right. Yeah, that wow. was that Real was really exciting. Yeah, how long how long is Arius like when did you guys launch it? About how many years ago? We started talking about it um about eight years ago. Yeah, and okay. it took a while to get everything into place. I mean we we've been open for almost, almost six. six. It'll be six years this August we have been open. It took us probably two years of planning and wow. building. Yeah, yeah, this is not something you want to go into lightly. You really have to do your homework in order to do it right. Yeah, tell, you know. I, I'm fascinated, guys, with, and I don't want to bore the audience, but I love the business side of stuff. Just tell us a little bit in terms of when you were developing the business plan and putting it together, like what were some of the things that you were looking at? Like how did you find out the location you wanted? Like, you know, just those basic things that sometimes people don't even think about. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Well, that was well, that was say. tough too. I just want to say that was probably the toughest thing, the toughest thing because we had everything pretty much lined up except for location. Right, but the, yeah. I, one okay. thing I'd like to stress is also because we don't go into anything lightly. We we have to do research on everything. We actually went to Brookdale right. College 
and took the entrepreneurial uh, classes to make, sure, course. to make sure we knew what wow. we were getting ourselves into, how to um, make an LLC or, or get your business license, how to uh, right. market your business and all this stuff. So, like a certification. Yeah, it was a certification. Yeah. So you had to take a certain, a certain amount of classes um, specific to opening up your own business. So once Good we got that, they give you a lot of um, great information to put you on the right road so you're not wasting your time trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, you're not. And I think the, the big thing for us was, like, we never once got stuck in quicksand with this because we knew what the next steps were, you know, what the expectation was for the next step. So we never really got bogged down. And things really moved quickly. I mean, to go into opening a business, um, especially one of this magnitude, you know, we have a 6,000-square-foot, you know, studio that had wow. huge build-out. Build yeah, it was an empty warehouse when we first yeah. came in here. It was just built. Uh, uh, it was, yeah. It was, yeah. It, for us to do that in two years, it sounds like a long time, but we were actually, we were actually considered fast-tracked for for this whole thing because yeah. we knew That's what. amazing. What this, yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we didn't waste any time. But the weird thing was, like, well, as you were saying, like, trying to find the right location was, right. Was uh-huh. time consuming. Oh, it was very tough. Because I, I always, I like the shore, but the shore doesn't have buildings, right. standalone buildings like this. They're most, you know. So we, I drove around for a good oh, whole summer just driving on where would I, if I had a studio, where would be a good spot? And I, I, I grew up in Staten Island. I was very more of the, um, the, the urban areas, and um, and okay. I come from metal, very metal background. So that always like big old warehouses in like um, industrial areas was always where I thought a good studio would be because that's where I always saw studios. Right. But I also mm-hmm. wanted it accessible to musicians. And to and, venues. And to venues. And I was just driving down towards the Starland because Starland is the biggest venue in this area. Right. And on the crossroad, they had all these new buildings being built, all these new warehouses. And I was like, I, I actually pulled over on the side of the road and I called Crystal up and I go, I'm taking a picture of this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> exactly what we're looking for. It's not even built yet, you know. So wow. it's perfect. perfect. Yeah, I have to. I mean, I kind of, and I've been to the Starland before, so I kind of have an idea of where you guys are located. But yeah, it is a great location because it's accessible to the parkway. It's accessible to so many different, you know what I mean, areas that people can get to. Whether you're coming from New York, New Jersey, so I think it's great. Yep, it's accessible, but we're still in the middle of nowhere, so nobody complains about the noise levels. Right. So good. <laughs> right. So. That's a great point, too. Wow. So, and did you guys have to, I mean, you don't have to get into the nitty-gritty, but did you have to take a loan out for something like this? I mean, to get this type of a huge, you know, building? I mean, 6,000 square feet is huge. Yeah, I, I always tell everybody that every time I'm in the studio, this is my retirement. Because <laughs> everything, everything, is, everything is in this building, you know. Yeah, or... Or, or, yeah. yeah, everything is. We, we kind of decided that this is what we wanted to do, and it was all or nothing. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, wow, that's we, amazing. We pushed everything into. Yeah, a good thing we yeah. don't have kids. Cyber money would have went in it. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. If you only wow, got like a hundred bucks, this is not the business to get into. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I said it was a million dollar question. So, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome, guys. Um, Would you say, Joe? 
it's worth every dime that we spent to, to be a part of this no, stream. No regrets. That's no regrets to say. You know, yeah. We met some really great people because of the studio, so, you know. Oh, I can imagine. So, okay, so let's let's get into this. So now you, you find the place. You guys are getting ready to, you know, your business plan is on the right track. And, you know, two years later you open this studio up. What would you recommend, I guess, to people that are opening a brand-new studio up in terms of bringing business in? And I know you guys, you know, really feel strongly about word of mouth and, you know, it looks like networking, and that's how you guys get the referrals coming in. So how do you start in the beginning? You need a marketing budget, that's for sure. Yeah. And marketing is not – yeah. So market, marketing is um, was one of the things that we did. We we had a marketing plan that started probably it was a heavy marketing plan. It started probably six to eight months prior to even our doors being open. So wow. yeah, and we knew we had we knew you know with Joe's background we had you know we had that word of mouth right. started had already started, but the marketing campaign and being in the right one for your business. Is extremely important. Yeah, I wouldn't have done this if I didn't know a lot of people. You're already in the business. If you don't know anybody yeah. and you're just trying to open it up, it's kind of tough. I already had mm-hmm. friends that I'd already always already going to call up to you know tap into their resources and stuff. So, gotcha. yeah. And Crystal, just I mean, I think it's really interesting with you too. What goes into this? Um, like you said, six to eight months out, you're putting this marketing plan together. So, what goes into that in terms of like a budget and what do you have to do? Oh my God! Well, a lot of money. <laughs> that was a big thing, and a lot of money. And you have to. Um, part of what we did with the small business at the uh, Brookdale College was also understanding your demographics. Um, mm. That's so important. You have to do your research. You have to go out and you know thank God for the internet because we were able to get a lot of information based upon you know the, the classes that we were taking as to where to find things and what you know, what to look for, and even, you know, trends and stuff. So that was, I, I would say, have a good budget. <laughs> that and was know good. your audience. And know your audience. That was important. And yeah, what no, would you no say some of your budget? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jeff. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I think that's two important points. Like you said, know your audience and have a good budget. And what does some of the budget go into? Is that building the website? Is that putting out? You know, every yeah. It was like we we had to find the right targeted magazines and websites. We had to you know figure out like uh, newsletters and press releases. Wow. And um, it was it was huge. Mm-hmm. It was huge. And and we did one of the big things when we first opened and right before is like you know every every T-shirt that we had we bought and just gave them out. Especially mm-hmm. the people at shows and stuff like that. It was like, here, you know, here's this. So, you know, you start seeing our logo and our branding. So, um, you know, we got on that early, and I'm very grateful that we did because it would have been tough if we just opened the doors and went, hi, we're here, you know. Yeah, right. we're not like the time where you put the golden yeah. arch up. And if you put the golden arch up, everybody's going to come through your doors. We, you know, we had to you know, get the awareness out there way before we opened up our doors. And the, and the other thing, too, with the, on the, the piggyback of the marketing, and, you know, again, not to bore everybody, is the fact that you need to be able to sustain your business for, you know, depending on your business, for a certain amount of time expecting no business. So a lot of times right. we ran promotions. Like we ran promotions where it was like, um, 
come in and rehearse for free. Here's a T-shirt. Go tell all your friends. Yeah. You know, so yeah. It, it was, yeah, it was one of those. But those are things that we planned for. So we, we, hey, if we could have used that money elsewhere, that would have been great. But, you know, it, it was it was part of the plan. If I could piggyback on what you guys said, I think that's so relevant and so important for, like you're saying, not just a recording studio business, but any type of business or even a musician. I found it so, even with my album, for example, you know, people were saying, oh, you got to sell them, you got to make money. And I was like, no. First of all, no one knows who I am. I'm going to hand out as many as I can. And I, I think that is so important, guys, too. What's that? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the payback, it might have taken a couple of years, but the payback now with my radio show and everything else I'm doing, that wouldn't have happened if I was trying to, you know, push CDs at people for 10 to 12 bucks or whatever it is. So I think that's that's such an important point that you guys make. Yeah. The, the cool thing was that when you when we first opened up, we had some really cool local bands come in, and not only did they come in and rehearse with us, but we became really good friends with a lot of these younger bands mm-hmm. and stuff. And they just they by them word of mouth, musicians are hard to change and they're they're slow to change. So when you mm-hmm. have musicians going up to other musicians going, you got to try this place out. It's brand new. You, uh, it, the, the rooms are huge, and everybody's really cool. It's new equipment. It's clean. And even though it's five years later or six years later, we still have the same bands coming in going, wow, you, your your studio has not changed in five years. It still smells clean. It still smells new, and it nice. looks new, which is a big thing for us because we never wanted to get that run-down right. kind of thing going on. But right. anyway, what the big thing was, is that which we weren't expecting really on early on in, in opening the studios that we had a huge national band come in two months after we opened up. Wow! And, and, it, was that? and it was Black Label Society. What? And it just happened to be one of our favorite and, bands. Yeah, we're so huge fans. Like, oh. And they yeah. have a huge following. So when people found That's out amazing. they were rehearsing there, then it was like, wow! If they're rehearsing there and Zach's there, then we should be there too. And that helped us out tremendously in the beginnings of the studio. That's cool. And how, did they find, how did they come to find out about you guys? Like, how did they, well, you know, walk through the door? Okay. Well, it, it's funny because it's, it's all networking. Um, the band mm-hmm. Freak was rehearsing here because they saw an ad in the paper that we just opened up the studio and they were in the area. And now they have their own um, private it, rehearsal, yeah. but they were coming in every Thursday. The guitar player from Freak, was in a band with the bass player from BLS, JD, and he told them about a studio, and they're like, well, we need to rehearse before we start the North American tour. And they came in, and it was like, and then I've known JD from being in the scene, and okay. it just you know, snowballs. Like, it's all talking to people, networking. networking, and just, you know, getting your name out there, and this is what happened. And, and you know, from BLS, Tantric was kept, came in because uh, the bass player of Tantric was the roommate of the bass player in BLS. So it's all ties in. Nice. Well, <laughs> community that's here, you know. Everybody knows everybody in the music community. I'm convinced of it. So that's why you never want to burn You know what, Joe? I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I always tell musicians it's a small world out there. And don't present yourself in a, in a not great, you know what I mean, in an unprofessional way because someone's going to know someone. And the last thing you want, <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. It's. You never want to burn that bridge because you're never going to know who that person's talking to next, you know, and that might be the Absolutely. guy that can make you know. Wow. No, I love your story so far, guys. It's amazing. So tell us, you know, a little bit about, and then we're going to check out, uh, we'll 
go into checking out the song from uh, Makara. Tell us a little bit about what sets your studio apart from other studios out there. And I know it's sometimes a hard question, but, you know, I think that's important for people to hear, too. Okay. Well, the big thing that I, I think, being a musician, right before we opened up, I was um, putting a band together. So I was auditioning a lot of people at a lot of different studios across the state. And I was noticing certain things about these studios that I was like, wow, I think that, you know, you think that they would pay more attention to this stuff. I mean, as a drummer, I would come in and I would bring certain things of my own, but it was like, it would still take me like 15 minutes to set up because everything was stripped. The heads were like okay. really dead and stuff. And it was just like uh, frustrating. And it, it was like, right. it smelled, the floors were disgusting. I mean, at the time, you can still smoke in a lot of these rooms. That's one thing that we don't allow. You can't smoke or drink in our studios. Right. Um, alcohol. You can drink sodas and right. stuff like that. You just can't bring alcohol to the studio. Mm-hmm. You didn't even want to put a jacket on the couches because they were so creepy crawly type of thing. And, and <laughs> right. I mean, I've had, you know, I would go into a room and the PA system would be facing one way, the amps would be facing another way, and I, the sound was so horrible in these rooms. And I'm like, I, I, I know we can do it better. And, and being a drummer, I always hated staying on the same level as the rest of the band because I couldn't hear things the way I'm, like, I like being on a drum riser. So I'm like, you know, I think we can do this better. Bands like to perform on stages. Drummers like being on drum risers. They want to have mm-hmm. the lights in their face. So we decided to give them that whole experience. We have stages, risers, full lighting rigs, um, big PA systems, yeah. and telelights. And um, it's more of a performance geared studio than just sitting there or looking at each other, facing each other, and just playing. So that right. was one of the things right. that that we try to make um, as a priority, you know. And, um, and acoustically, too, the the sound we have from the higher ceilings and um, Oralex actually even helps us, yeah, you know, sound, 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 sound reflection and stuff in our room. So everything was professionally done. And each room know, sounds uh, a little bit different. So if you don't like one room, try another room out, you know, until you find the room that you really like. Nice. You know, so. And how many rooms do you guys have? How many rehearsal rooms? Five altogether. Five's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. So, um, yeah, so why don't we do this? We'll take, because we've been going for half hour, half hour already. Tell us um, yeah. tell us about the band, Makara. Um, give us a little bit of background on it, um, some information on the meaning of the song that we're going to play tonight, which is, let me go to my notes here, because i got a ton of stuff that I'm writing out. Uh, hold on one second, guys. Mm-mm. Title Call the Wild, and I know that yep. um, you indicated, um, Crystal, that it was a tribute to 9/11. So yeah, tell us about the song, and then we'll check it out. Okay. Well, the band Macara is a band I played with um, a few, a couple of years back, and um, okay. when I was a little bit younger, and I was a drummer in that band, and um, we broke up due to musical differences a few years prior, and then. We put the studio together, and we kind of, like, started talking to each other again. And I remember, you know, I was always telling Chris, I'm like, this is my old demos, this is my old demos. And she finally, after I started talking to the guys in the band again, she finally listened to it. She heard Call of the Wild, and she was like, wow, this is a really good song. You guys should record it again. So we kind of... So I, I was able to kind of get everybody back in the same room for the most part. I think three out okay. of the four originals. Yeah. yeah, back in the same room and... Um, it, it, we had a couple couple of different 
um, versions of this band until we actually got the song recorded. So it was a, a little bit of a labor of love to, mm-hmm. to, try, okay. to try to hold off. But we were able to get the song out with um, recorded and rehearsed and out for the uh, 9-11 10th anniversary, with the, which also included Universal, featuring Universal. He's a local uh, hip-hop artist, and if you guys have not checked him out, please do so. Yeah, the song was a little bit dated, and we just wanted to bring yeah. it up a little bit into right. the new millennium a little bit. So we brought okay. in a, a hip-hop artist that really did a fantastic job with it. And one of the reasons that this was so um, important for me is that I am also a 9-11 survivor, and I wanted to kind of give wow. something back to the um, first responders, the firefighters, all, all the people that were there that helped save my life. So when the Call of the Wild came out, and the vision was really more about the video with the song mm-hmm. instead of the song with the video. So... They, it, you have to kind of look at the video to see how the song really plays into it because it tells the story kind of how I saw that day. And it was wow. how um, when you see it, it, and when we were putting it together with uh, Shotwell Productions, he does um, probably all, if, I think all of our, all, our uh, all of our videos and um, editing. And when we were sitting down to do the, the editing, it was um, – it was very pain- it was very painful to go through it again, but the end result of it was just so it was just so overwhelmingly um i don't know I don't even know the words I was just so proud of it because it was something that it was very emotional, it was very emotional and right we, we try to we try to take people into a time before nine eleven with this video and then the day of and then what now the present and the future holds, which was more of here we are now. So the song kind of talks about the kind of a western with a current version spun in with uh, uni- yeah the firefighters with uh, Universal's um, lyrics. So it was kind of a western turn firefighter. So you have to see yeah, it. Yeah, it's kind of like a kid growing yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. Grew up, he became a firefighter. Yeah. So it was. It's kind of. Correlates to, towards that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's definitely wow. pretty cool. We but, did all the work here. We did the yeah. We did all the so, editing. All the recording yeah. was done here. All the video was done here. All the editing was done here. So yeah. So we had a really good team behind it, and the uh, the band. I really appreciate the band because they kind of just gave me full run. You know, they didn't even see the video until it was actually complete. So it was kind of like, here, record it, give it to me, and I'll go away. <laughs> but I'll let you know right. when you can see it. <laughs> and um, and when they saw it, you know, when they saw it, it was like, wow, this was not what I was expecting. So um, that was what what I what I wanted to give back, and I appreciate again everybody that contributed, especially the song, the lyrics, everybody's time because it turned out really great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the song's amazing. Yeah, the song's I was really good. To, I was able to present it to my um, survivors group. After 9/11, I spoke about it at our um, our luncheon on that day, and I sent it out, and it it got great, got great response, lot, yeah. great responses, especially since we had a lot of firefighters there. Yeah. Wow. And Crystal, if you don't mind me asking, were you working in the city at the time? Yeah, I was actually working at Wall Street, but I was uh, staying at the Marriott. I lived um, further south, like near Jackson. So I stayed okay. at the Marriott World Trade Center, and I was actually in the Marriott when both planes hit 
Yeah, in case oh you don't know, gosh. I didn't know this either. The Marriott is actually what attached the two towers together. So wow, it actually was destroyed by the South Tower coming down on it. So yeah, if you ever see the um, if you ever see the actual documentary, it's called Hotel Nine Eleven. I was okay. supposed to be in, I was supposed to be in the uh, the 19th floor where that attorney <laughs> that attorney got trapped. We there was a mix up in our room and yeah. uh, oh my the room gosh. That you were to be in yeah, um, probably 30 seconds either way. I would have probably not been here today based upon mm-hmm. how everything was happening because the landing gear landed in the swimming pool over my room and. Uh, 30 seconds away from, I was 30 seconds away from getting off the elevator and I was being in the plaza when the first plane hit. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you for sharing that. I'm very fortunate, very fortunate. So, again, this was to get back, and um, I think it turned out great. Yeah. yeah we it it sounds awesome. Um, we only used to keep the video public the whole year because it's really not about the band. It was really more about the survivors and the, and the 9/11 sure. um, acts and stuff. So we only really, really, really put it public during the 9/11, you know, around September. So okay, yeah. it's public now. Yeah, give it, give it a plug where people can look it up right now if they want to go uh, check it out or when they listen to the podcast. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's cool. Perfect. Okay. All right. All right, everyone. So I'm going to put you on hold, and we're going to check out the song. Okay. Yep. All right. Hold on. All right, everyone. Again, you are going to listen to the band Macara right now with their track "Call of the Wild." It is a 9/11 tribute, and you can check it out. Um, I think they mentioned it's on YouTube, but we'll we'll get more information when we come back. If for some reason it's not available on YouTube, and again, you're listening to Joe and Crystal. Catano tonight from Arias Recording Studios. Please check it out at ariasstudios.com. Oh! 
we carry the man, we stupid with the death. Call of the wild, the dust, the dirt, the grit, the pain. Whatever we give, we'll be ready for change. Heavy the weight that we carry the man, we stupid with the death. Call of the wild. Everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. And again, that was Joe Takana's band, Macara, um, the with their song "Call of the Wild." And we're going to bring them back on right now. All right, guys, you are back on. All right. Very cool song. Very cool track. I like it. A lot of dynamic to it. Really cool sound. Yeah, the, and the video, the video is actually up on our um, our website at CarrieStudios.com. So you can click on it and see all the uh, footage that we use to kind of bring the story together. Cool. Very cool. Nice. Well, why don't we do this? Because I know we've talked so much about the studio and how it came together and and what you guys are up to now. Let's talk. I know, Crystal, you were talking about um, when we were emailing back and forth a reality show that you were working on. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the concept of that and where where you're at with that with the studio. Well, we're very, we're very excited over that. Um, I don't know how far back in history you want me to go because it seems like uh, it's forever ago that we we tried pitching pitching a concept okay. out of the studio. 
shortly after opening the studio, as a non-musician, I have to say the stories that were happening in the middle of the lobby were just like your jaw dropping. You know, people getting in fights, girlfriends, hunting. It was one of those things where you're going, this should be a reality show. Exactly. So so we ended up doing kind of a, um, what I call a self-produced version of what, we could do based upon the fact that we have no skills whatsoever in the film industry, <laughs> none. So we, okay. we put together what we called episodes, and what it was, um, what we were trying to do is just show people the studio and the people that work here, and some of the things that we thought were interesting and funny, um, and try try to see if we could pitch it out. Otherwise, it was pretty much like, hey, you know, you may not know us, but here's a little bit about us, kind of kind of um, idea. But just okay. recently, we we had interest from we've gotten interest from a production company that has put together a network demo uh, based upon um, the concept of musicians that had some local notoriety, like years uh-huh. back, that um, split up, and then they've had you know life happens such as marriage, children, um, jobs, careers. And even you know college funds, all these life responsibilities that you that kind of just happen. Right. And but in the back of the mind, <laughs> they still want to be a rock star. We call we call right, them the right, right. rock stars. <laughs> so what we're doing is we're bringing back those those bands that hit that criteria in for auditions, and uh, and then what we're doing is we're we're the whole idea is they're going to come in with they're selected. We're going to offer them all the services that we provide here to get them to that next mm-hmm. level, and then they have to quit their jobs. Really? So, yeah. Never react yeah. To that. yeah. So it's like, one wow. Of those if we get you to that level, you have to go back and tell your family, you know, listen, yeah, I know I'm a CFO, but guess what? I'm quitting, you know, my six-figure job, and I'm going to hit the, you know, the it's tours, the, the tour buses, and yeah. That's so amazing. And if, if I could just comment real quick, guys, when I had heard you were doing this type of a thing, because um, Michael Smitty Smith from Zenergy uh, Entertainment, who's been on my show, he had told me about it because he thought, oh, you might be a good fit, Carrie. You, I'm, again, I'm not married with kids, but, you know, I have a full-time career, but, again, I didn't grow up wanting to be a rock star, but he thought it would be interesting. So just the concept outside of me even considering myself, I just thought, that's so cool because there's nothing like that. Unfortunately, I do watch a lot of bad reality TV, and I was just like, "That's an awesome idea. It's a great concept. <laughs> I loved it." We, we we do watch a lot of reality TV as well, and I, <laughs> I can't say that, I can't say I like everything, but we do watch a lot of the the shows. Right. Look at the the elements that they're bringing into it that people are finding interesting. So we kind of dissect them, I would say, but. Um, mm-hmm. That's only because we have a, a huge interest in that. But yeah, nobody else is out there doing anything like this. And so far, it has gotten uh, a lot of really good positive feedback. And we just released. We were just the press release was just <laughs> went out this morning on okay. kind of more 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 detail than what I just gave as an overview. But um, the link, the link is out there too for the, the network demo that's going out to the major networks right now. So very cool. Very, so did you guys already? Did you already pick the people that you're going to have, or not yet? 
Well, for the demo, um, and hopefully for the pilot, we have the one band. This is going to be like something ongoing. So every episode, gotcha. once once we go into production, every episode should have a different band coming in. So there'll okay. be a lot of auditions, gotcha. audition, yeah. stuff like that. But we'll also follow them as they do all their other stuff because we're giving them a lot of the stuff. And a lot of right. stuff is from the studio, like the videos and the photo shoots and stuff like that. So right. it's there cool. from Lucas, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's, nice. it's a great time. It's, 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 yeah, know, I can't, I can't wait to see this stuff. Yeah. But we, we've had a blast with that, too, because, you know, it's like, oh, you know, you talk to these guys and they're, you know, they've got the McMansions and the, and the you know, Mercedes. They've got, you know, what most people would strive to have. And they're like, I can mm-hmm. go far as to be a rock star. So it's, it's so, it's so, I guess, interesting to see the priorities, you know, and it's like, wow, it's almost like that show, What Would You Do? I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> you know, once you get music in your blood, it's always in your blood. That's the thing, man. It's once, mm-hmm. you, once you're bitten by the music bug, you know, you can't get rid of it no matter what. No matter how old you are, no matter what you've done, you still, you consider yourself a musician, you know. You, no matter right. what job I was working, I always consider my, myself a musician first, just working to get so I can play the next gig, you know. Yeah, so, well, that's going to be interesting, guys. I, I can't wait to check it out. you got to keep me posted. And, hey, if you need a psychologist or anyone behind the scenes, I'd love to help out. <laughs> I, I think that would be great for our crew. Yeah, we'll do some crisis intervention. I'll come down and we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I still so, think that's going to be our crew. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. So no, I think that's an amazing idea, guys, and I can't wait to see it come to fruition. And best of luck with that. It's really cool, really cool. So um, yeah, why don't we? Because gosh, we've been on almost an hour. Why don't we talk a little bit about? Um, I know you guys wanted to talk about some of the charity events you do, especially with the animals and stuff, and definitely fill people in on your involvement with that. Well, this past summer we had a um, we had a benefit like an open house benefit for the Associated Humane Society. Um, we hosted two events, actually two events. We had a lot of people come in and help support it. Um, a list, a list of names, and um, they're all on the website too. If you go out there, you see who who actually participated. And um, everybody is so giving when it comes to these animals and everything. It's like it's like musicians, animal benefits. It's almost like they're you know, synonymous. Yeah, so many people volunteer to, to help out. They and we were we were able to raise quite a bit of money for them um, over the summer doing two events, and we are co like co sponsoring um, with um, Kenny Diaz. He's actually the host for the Pause for a Cause. It's for a no kill shelter in Sayreville, okay. Sayreville Adoption center pet adoption center i always want to say the spca spca but it's the spac um and uh it's like uh i forgot rescue inc is involved they've gotten other um rescues involved because they are a lot of bands bands. benefit on march 25th and a lot of bands are donating their time right this is and the important thing with with all shelters, but this one specifically is it's a no kill, and mm-hmm. those are those are few and far between because of um, I know you know 
it's tough. It's tough, and it's very close to our heart, you know, and stuff. It's like we really want to see these pets find homes and, you know, as opposed to going in and just being on an assembly line for, you know, euthanization because of a timeline. So, it's you right. know, I know kids are very, very, very important to keep that, you know, thriving. But the benefit is actually on Sunday, March 25th. Is that the old Centro? It's called Rumors now. Rumors 35. Rumors 35 off of. Route 35, <laughs> and it, the doors open at two. The first bands go on at three, and it goes to like ten, eleven o'clock at night. Uh, tickets, the donation for the tickets to get in is twenty dollars, but no amount is too small. So please, sure. even if you can't make it, we ask that you um, consider sending in a donation. You can send it into area, so we'll make sure you get a receipt, you know, tax deductible receipt, and um, you know get that back out to you because it is important. It is really important. There's going to be yeah, raffles. The band lineup is great. We've got a lot of bands, um, raffles, a lot of people donating their time. and uh, Just like us. Just like us. We're we're actually doing the same thing. So come on out. So there's going to be yeah, a lot of different cool. songs. And where the band. It's where at, at music, old, guys? At the it's old Route 35? Central. Thirty-five. Mm-hmm. It's called Room is Thirty-five. It's in uh, I guess they consider it South Amboy, but it's a border South Amboy, Sayreville. Yeah, South Amboy, Sayreville. Yeah, yeah, we're on thirty-five towards the bridge. So on thirty-five north. Yeah, I'll definitely be in touch with you guys, and I'll I'll try to definitely make it out, and that'll be really cool. Yeah, it's it's gonna be nice. a great event. Like a yeah, for again. To, um, Getting them some help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, that's awesome that you guys are doing stuff like that because that's again that's so important too to just give back. And you know, when I was doing stuff with my music, like more actively involved in playing shows, I did Macy Shop for a Cause. I donated a bunch of CDs to an East Coast exotic animal rescue thing out in Pennsylvania. So I, I agree. Cool. I think it's so important to do stuff like that. Yeah. Very cool. So what else do you guys want to share um, before we tie things up tonight? Because it's been an awesome interview, and I think people really got a good feel about, you know, who Area Studios is and what you guys have to offer. Oh, cool. Well, the one thing I'd like to, to bring up is something that we, we're just getting started in the studio. Um, I'm, I'm For the past couple of years, I've been the only engineer, um, head engineer and producer at the studio. But we are looking to, to do stuff with satellite studios, and we are in the process of doing stuff with the, the legendary T.M. Stevens. Where oh, cool. He has, yeah, he has his own studio, and um, he's going to be bringing stuff in here to produce and to mix. It's uh, T-Bird Productions. That's T.M.'s um, production company. So we're going to be working with him, which is great. I mean, T.M. is uh, he's played with – I tried to stump the man to see who he hasn't played with, <laughs> and I have yet to come up with a name that he hasn't hasn't done something with, either played live or recorded or amazing uh, just man, amazing amazing yeah. talent, phenomenal bass player, great ear, and um and a really good friend. So he's you know he's going to be doing some producing and some uh, mixing and and bringing artists in, and then also cool. um Danny Schuler from Biohazard is going to be doing sessions out of here, which he's phenomenal. I mean the guy is is a, is a legend in the hardcore scene, so. We're going to be doing. A, we're going to be bringing in, um, I guess, big name engineers and producers. So and, and having the ability to have any band come in and utilize these guys, you know, very cool. Like, 
I, I wish I had this when I was younger, man, because this this is phenomenal to get a CD or recording done by these guys is amazing. So right, you know, right. I'm really excited about that for the studio. That's something we just we just started doing and we're just promoting it now. So it's it's a huge thing for us. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great idea to do that and to offer those services. And then it's, you know, another opportunity for you guys with your studio. That's amazing. Really cool. Yeah. And everybody's pretty excited about these guys coming in. All our, all our interns are, like, freaking out. <laughs> you know, right, you right. can learn that. They're <laughs> masters, you know, so it's pretty cool. Very cool. No, that's awesome, guys. I'm really excited for everything you guys are doing. You have an amazing studio out there and just a great group of people, and I think that's so important, too. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. we want to thank you for having us. So this is, yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, this has been fun. I told you we were talkers. We were, that wasn't no, a real we're honest thing. No, I hate you guys. I'd rather you guys be talkers. I've had some interviews where I have to really keep it going. So, no, it's great. <laughs> it makes my job a lot yeah, easier when I have people that talk. Yeah, yeah. Just, well, we- when we first got up this morning, I was like, we have to make a ground rule. We can't talk on top of each other. So we we, we both <laughs> so we've both been very conscious of trying not to even talk over each other. So I think you guys accomplished that. I think you uh, you met your homework assignment. <laughs> so cool. So thank you so much, guys, for coming on. As I said, we're definitely going to talk off the air, and I'll get myself down there to meet you guys in person, see the studio, and, and support you guys in whatever way I can. That's Excellent. Excellent. Thank you. Yeah, yeah looking right? forward to meeting you in person. Yeah. yeah. We'll give you a yeah. tour. Yeah, cool. definitely. Definitely. So, um, yeah, so we'll wrap things up. Again, please plug where people can find Area Studios. And uh, also the podcast will be available within five minutes after the show's over. Wow. Cool. Wow, that's a great turnaround. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> so, yeah, please plug again Area Studios, Joe and Crystal, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap things up. All right, so airystudios.com. Come check us out. Yeah, I was cool. going to say, we're, we're here 24-7, so. Yeah, <laughs> we'll message that I'll get back to you. That's all right. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming on tonight. You did an amazing job, and uh, much continued success, and we will be in touch uh, soon. All right, cool. All thanks. right, thanks, Carrie. All right, thanks, guys. Have a great night. You, you too. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, again, that was Joe and Crystal, who are the owners of Area Studios. Please check them out at areastudios.com. So tomorrow night, I'm going to be doing two shows this week, and then after this week, it's just been a lot. I'm going to probably just go into one show a week because of my full-time job and everything else. It's, I love doing it, but I want to be able to uh, devote my time to the interviews and not feel so harried all the time. So tomorrow night, though, we have a comedian coming on. Uh, it's going to be the comedian Steve Middleman, and he has been around since the 80s. He's been on um, various shows, Jay Leno, Letterman. Um, so definitely check him out at stevemiddleman.com. He'll be on at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern. That's tomorrow night, Wednesday, February 8th. And then next week we have the hard rock band Art of Dying off the Sirius XM Octane Radio. They will be coming on February the 15th at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So that's just a little preview of some upcoming interviews. But if you go to the Blog Talk Radio site, I'm pretty much booked through almost through March now. I'm starting to book for April. If you're interested in becoming a guest on the show, you can go to the Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook. You can also go to my official website, which is carrieedelman.com. 
And I have a personal page on Facebook. Actually, I have two now because I maxed out my one page. So search Carrie Edelman, and you can follow me on Twitter at Carrie Edelman. So I always like to close the show with um, one of my songs off of my album. If anyone's interested, you can search for me on Amazon Music, Napster, iTunes, CD Baby, etc. And tonight, because we're talking about rock music, um, my songs range from rock to pop. Let's do um, Leave It All Behind, which is the title track off my debut album. All right, thanks so much again for tuning in. We appreciate your support, and we will be back tomorrow night, February 8th, with Steve Middleman at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great night.
What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.